BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. As I speak, it's Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Here's a headline in the New York Times that's very apropos for the conversation I'm about to have with my distinguished guest. Fraud at FTX started early, charge claim. Firm founder indicted in crypto collapse. Man, I've been watching this from afar. We haven't talked about this on the show. I've been watching. I've been, the whole crypto thing I've been watching. Like anybody invests in something called crypto, you know, it's like, I just, it just always struck me as a scam, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and then I have friends who would be like telling me, generally younger people I know, Oh, Ben, man, I got in early. I'm going to make money. I'm like, you guys know what the hell you're doing? Uh, I don't know about this crypto. And uh, anyway, the whole thing uh, fell apart for FTX. Sam Bankman frees lies. Prosecutors say stretched back to the very beginning. Uh, this is a uh, the lead in the New York Times article about the arrest of Sam Bankman fried from the founding of his cryptocurrency exchange FTX in 2019, Mr. Bankman-Fried engaged in widespread fraud, the federal authorities charged on Tuesday, and used his customers' deposit to finance his political activities, buy lavish real estate, and invest in other companies. A total scam, allegedly, I should say, because as my distinguished guests know in our system of justice, you're innocent until proven guilty. Um, but man, it's about time to take a, a mini deep dive on the subject of FTX cryptocurrency and its connection and, to Chicago and no better person to do this with than my distinguished guest who I'll now ask to introduce. So distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Uh, yes, it's Manny Ramos here. Um, the accountability and solutions reported with Illinois answers project now. Yes, uh, Manny, welcome back to the show. Uh, I think this is your third appearance on the show. I may be losing track. Uh, back in the old days, you were a reporter for my beloved Bright One, the Chicago Sun-Times, and you've moved on with your career. So congratulations with moving on with your career. I'm sure it's nothing but good, correct? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, and uh, the, you, we may hear some baby cries in the background. Put up with a uh, put up with us. Yeah, uh, you listener. might be hearing a little noise. She's playing with the little computer right now thing. Um, I, let me take that away from her. Is that all right? Is that cool? Yeah, it's okay. It's all good. Yeah. All right, sorry about that. Uh, no, it's no big deal. Manny's uh, little daughter uh, is uh, hanging out with us. And uh, listeners, we, we've handled a lot of things, a lot more challenging uh, than Manny's little daughter. We've handled leaf blowers, trains, car horns. Uh, we've handled electricians. We've had no carpenters banging on the wall. So we can handle a little baby girl. Sorry about uh, that. No problem. Yeah. Uh, Manny wrote a, f- uh, a fascinating article uh, that ran in the Sun-Times uh, about a couple of weeks ago. And I texted you immediately, said, you got to come on the show. Uh, it was a great article on so many levels. I will now read the headline. Program to help formerly incarcerated Chicago residents in jeopardy after FTX implosion. The cryptocurrency giant pledged at least a million dollars to a local nonprofit to provide universal basic income to help people get back on their feet after spending time behind bars. But now the company has filed for bankruptcy without delivering on most of its grant. And Manny's story ran in November. And the reason, there were many reasons I found the story fascinating, Manny. One is that uh, you, you talk about crypto uh, industry in general terms. Two, you talk about the particular problems of FTX. And then you got into, and we're going to explore all these different elements, you got into the way in which local governments like Chicago's government get so like intoxicated, so taken by, so captive by, uh, captured by like the glitz and the glamour and the wealth of like fast rising stars in various industries. I saw, I've been watching, I told you before one in the air, I watched, it started with the daily administration back in the nineties with their reverence for public private partnerships, which ended up selling off the parking meters. I what Rom was like drinking from this Kool-Aid from his entire career as mayor. At one point, uh, Elon Musk, I don't know if you were around here for this, got dragged to town by Rom. Uh, they were talking about building a uh, underground train that would provide bullet service uh, to O'Hare. What a joke that was. And now, in the Lori Lightfoot administration, you do an excellent job, Manny, chronicling the, connect, the promises offered up uh, by uh, FTX uh, and how uh, the Lori Lightfoot administration swallowed hook, line, and sinker. So um, why don't you start at the top and lead us through this? Uh, first of all, how did you find out uh, about the general connection between FTX uh, and Chicago? So take it away. Yeah, so I, I initially had covered an event uh, that featured FTX and sort of all of the Chicago power players um, back in May. Uh, basically, FTX USA, or FTX US, I should say, it's, it's, it's American arm of its global operations of just FTX. Um, had announced they were sort of opening their new headquarters here in this Fulton Market uh, uh, business district, essentially. And it was pretty much received with much fanfare from the mayor's office, um, people who work in the mayor's office, uh, the mayor herself, um, as well as, you know, people within the business class or the business, you know, industry of this financial technology uh, 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 thing that's been, you know, bubbling over the last, you know, decade or so. Um, so while I was there, I was able to sort of report on what this grant was, what it is, 
um, and what, what it was intended to do. And it just felt really odd for me um, that uh, so many people within Chicago, especially the mayor and, and, and her people, uh, were really pushing their weight behind FTX. Um, and this came at a really pivotal time when FTX and uh, just crypto at large uh, we're seeing a somewhat of a dip within um, um, the worth of, and value of of what crypto is, which you know I'm sure everyone knows what the, knows what it is essentially now. Um, and I just wanted sort of to keep tabs on that, you know, throughout the year, see how it was going. Um, and then you know in November it it was announced that FTX uh, was sort of just collapsing; it, it imploded uh, with uh, its uh, head founder uh, of FSBF uh, being accused of you know moving around billions of dollars to its, uh, its, its other firm. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and when it imploded, I decided to sort of look into it more and, and how this program uh, fared, whether or not they were able to sort of get their, the, the money, the funding that they needed to, to support this uh, sort of like, you know, um, guaranteed basic income uh, 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 program to help formerly incarcerated folks. Um, and it turned out that uh, they, they didn't and, and it was failed to launch. All right. So why don't you now explain what exactly they were promising to do? What was the guaranteed basic income program uh, that uh, FTX promised to fund and how much did they promise to fund it with? So um, from my understanding, the so they never came out forefront and say, we're going to provide X amount of dollars. But speaking with uh, the local nonprofit that was supposed to benefit from this um, and that was, you know, has has implemented a similar program uh, throughout the city already. And this was sort of supposed to help it expand. And that um, equity and transformation, also known as EAT, uh, they told me that they were promised about a million dollars, um, about $600,000 uh, would go to supporting the monthly payments uh, of about uh, $500 per month. Um, and uh, I believe it was $500 a month. Yeah, $500 per month, um, as well as provide some type of financial literacy training uh, for these folks, uh, which is kind of uh, funny uh, that, you know, they thought that, you know, financial literacy training was needed uh, when the guys running these companies were, were pretty much stealing from everyone um, and or have said that they mismanaged funds, uh, which is which is ridiculous. Um, but but yeah, so it, the 600000 was supposed to support uh, the monthly installments for a year. Um, and then there was other aspects of that funding that sort of went towards administrative costs. Got it. And uh, so uh, what was uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's administration uh, saying about this offer of a million dollars? What was their reaction to the offer? Yes. I mean, they were, they came back uh pretty much head over heels saying that this was an example of um, a, a large business coming into Chicago um, and wanting to help people in Chicago. Um, you know, they, they uh, made it seem as if crypto was going to be this all encompassing thing that's going to help folks out of poverty or could play a role in helping folks out of poverty or, or, or in financial uh, problematic situations. Um, you know, Lifefoot herself, uh, let me just pull the quote here so I can make sure, uh, you know, she said, uh, this is a mechanism and a tool to bring traditionally unrepresented and ignored populations into the world of crypto uh, so they can take ownership and control of their financial destiny. Um, and this quote came, like I said, as crypto was in a position of already decline. I mean, all of 2022, since January and February, crypto, the, the, the worth of cryptos have been, you know, in, in a downward trend um, until the ultimate crash when FTX sort of 
uh, you know, imploded with, with its, you know, movement of, of funds. Um, so, and then also the deputy uh, mayor, Samir, uh, he was on Twitter sort of promoting this crypto idea and, 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 and blockchain as this revolutionary thing. At one point, he even said, I didn't put this in the story, but he, he believed that blockchain can be a technology used to sort of um, keep track of like county records and things like that. Um, and, and while some of that may be true, in, 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 but it's all unproven and all speculative. Uh, so I feel like it's just, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's disingenuous to put so many chips behind something uh, that's so volatile as, uh, as crypto is. You know, when uh, many years ago, uh, when Mick Dumpkin and I were trying to pick apart uh, the uh, parking meter deal in the aftermath, uh, one of the things we were trying to determine is how it was or who it was uh, that introduced the concept of selling the parking meters uh, to private ownership and captivated Mayor Daly with it. Uh, you know, what was the process by which some salesman, some clever salesman, got into uh, the inner workings of the daily machine and talked them into doing something that was profoundly stupid? Uh, or as, uh, how would Dave Chappelle put it, demonstrably stupid, I believe is the Dave Chappelle quote. Um, but anyway, okay. Uh, and we never really could find that. You know what I mean? That was sort of a frustration of ours, as hard as we looked. We couldn't really see exactly who it was. Um, turning up, going over to FTX, have you been able to find, like, how it was that FTX found its way into the inner workings of the uh, of the uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot administration, convincing them that was a good idea uh, to take their money, celebrate taking their money for this program. Um, I ha- I wouldn't say okay. So I think there should be sort of I guess some some clarity. It doesn't seem like the city of Chicago. Uh, received anything in a transaction um, from FTX or, or benefited in all of this. Um, what the city tent seemed to do here is really promote it aggressively, um, which I think can be just as dangerous and or not dangerous, but, you know, irresponsible in, in a lot of ways, um, especially when we're talking about vulnerable communities. Um, I don't know exactly how FTX and the, the city sort of connected or linked up with each other, um, but it seems like it, it was really back behind the idea of FTX opening its uh, U.S. headquarters uh, here in Chicago and in Fulton Market next to Google and, and McDonald's and all that like that. Um, I think that really played a, a huge role in it um, just because, you know, FTX was one of the largest uh uh, crypto uh, f- firms in, in the entire world. Um, so, so that's to have them uh, based here in Chicago. It seemed, you know, from the outside, me looking in, it seemed like a very, uh, you know, positive thing for the city to promote. Got it. So it was like sort of a, uh, like an easy sell to make the city uh, look good. Exactly. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, and, and the whole time the promotion was, is that the city of Chicago is a leader in financial technology or in fintech. Um, and I think this just sort of added to that claim, basically. Um, you know, and, and I think that's where it, it, it really stems from. Uh, when you uh, uh, first began looking into this uh, and taking the deep dive, did you have your own suspicions about the crypto uh, industry just from 
just like life living and skepticism in general to bold claims? Did you have your own sort of doubts about it? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a huge, I'm not going to say huge, but I am definitely skeptical about crypto in general. Um, And I'm especially I'm especially skeptical when government and crypto sort of, um, you know, promote one of each other, especially because there's there's virtually zero regulations in terms of consumer protection when it comes to cryptocurrency. Uh, We've seen countless and countless stories of rug pulls where uh, they pump the stock up in terms of how much of value is crypto. Uh, only just to sort of just empty out the bank with it and and the the, the owner or funder is sort of just gone with it. Um, that happens as well with NT, NTFs and things like that, um, or NFTs, I should say, sorry. Um, but, it, it, and, and it's also a matter of fact that, you know, these are just, if you if, if you just listen to what SBF, um, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, was saying just a month ago or a month prior to this announcement, on a Bloomberg podcast, he was saying, basically describing his business model as a Ponzi scheme, as a means of, you know, there's a, a box, he said, that, you know, there were things in it that people put a, 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 a value in just to put a value in, and that's just sort of what pumped it up. Um, so just doing due diligence like that, would you would have known that there were some type of things to be cautious about. Um, so, I mean, that's just where I'm coming from, from it. And, um, all right, so... I understand that the uh, uh, analogy I drew between the uh, parking meter deal uh, and um, uh, the FTX uh, grant uh, to the city uh, for uh, to subsidize this program are not completely uh, accurate. So I, I get that one uh, was like an official transaction between one and the other contract that was signed. Uh, but I do know what the uh, parking meter companies got out of it. Okay, they were getting an asset that was worth about ten billion dollars for one billion dollars. Okay, so I get what they got out of it. What was FTX, in your humble opinion, going to get out of funding this program? So I think it was sort of this facade that SBF had created of sort of this effective altruism, which is like the philosophy that he kind of was pumping out there into the into the into the world of sort of being this sort of um, good actor when it comes to uh, you know uh, you know capitalism when it comes to uh, things like, things of that nature. Um, so he had this you know he would say that you know he was just basically making as much money as he can to donate or to give away, uh, and, and and this sort of just was in line with that way of thinking. Uh, you know I can't really go into what his his mind you know is or or, or, if, or if he is genuine with it, but there has been reports in the aftermath of. Uh, you know, his, his falling out, um, where he pretty much has said a lot of that was just a facade, uh, you know, and so I think that was much of what it is about, um, as well as sort of the perception of being a good neighbor in Chicago, um, when they decided to move here. But I should also mention, uh, shortly after they moved here, uh, to the Fulton market, um, they were gone within a few months and down in Miami, uh, you know, where it's really pretty much just like a crypto haven uh, for a lot of folks here in the United States. Um, so that was definitely short-lived in itself with them just being a player here in Chicago. Did, did Sam Bankman-Fried ever actually live in Chicago when his company was here? No, he was living in the Bahamas uh, the entire time, from my understanding. They lived in like this commune out there uh, with a bunch of his uh, fellow workers and, and things like that. So he never lived here in Chicago, especially not during the time of when uh, this program was launched. Got it. And was there any evidence that you found 
that the city did anything resembling, oh, I don't know, due diligence in terms of uh, looking into the company, uh, looking into their claims before they, uh, uh, you know, trumpeted the, the greatness uh, of this program that he was funding? Uh, if they did, I, I, I don't know of it. Um, I know I know I've, I spoke with some folks who said that they, they tried to um, walk the city off of this before they, they decided to jump into it and they still jumped into it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see any evidence of them doing any kind of due diligence. Like I said, if, if there was any semblance of skepticism, they would have looked at the, the crypto market and seen that it was already going down. Um, so, and the fact, like I said, there's zero commun- consumer protection. There's, there's countless stories of folks being robbed of their money essentially and no recourse or people losing their passwords and not being able to get their funds back like so there's so many things that are just uncertain with this market it just seems like there's more risk than reward um especially with something that's so volatile as crypto i uh i've well i think i told you this before but watch with fascination from afar uh, as many celebrities lent their name uh to the crypto industry uh, I, I just rattle off a few uh, matt damon the actor did a commercial, Larry David, I love Larry David's show, but Larry, 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 uh, he did a commercial, I believe Tom Brady, uh, the great quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, either did a commercial or did some kind of deal with them. It seems like everybody just like wanted to believe that this was real. It's my, it sounds like Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her aides kind of fell into that boat. You know what I mean? They just it, they just wanted it to be real. So they kind of, in their mind, made it real. Uh, in the case of Matt Damon, Larry David, and uh, Tom Brady, I presume they got money, uh, personally. I, I'm absolutely certain the mayor did not get money, certain, uh, uh, personally. But it was a way of kind of like making it as though the city really was looking out for the best interest of uh, low-income people uh, who are trying to find their way into the job market. Is, is that your sense of th- how it went down? I, I think so, too. I mean, you have to, I, I think I think the city was well-intentioned, you know, in, in a lot of ways, um, just because I, this sort of came on the heels of when the city was launching its own UBI, um, uh, you know, guaranteed basic income, um, and it just felt as sort of a way to, to pair it um, as Chicago sort of doing something innovative, um, you know, and, and they also looked to other major cities and saw, and this is me imposing my own thought. I'm not really hundred percent sure this is what they thought. Um, but you know, if you look to other cities, there are other major cities that are doing the same thing, right? Like I believe, um, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams received like his first paycheck in crypto or something like that. Um, or down in Miami, like I said, they created their own crypto coin that, you know, some government officials were, 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 were opting into, um, which also tanked um, too. Um, so I just think they, they they looked around the entire country and and they saw all everyone sort of doing this thing, like you said, and kind of just went with it. Um, that's just my assumption. Um, yeah, I mean, not to be too cynical, I, I have some some cynical thoughts about the whole situation as well that I'll, I'll keep to myself. But uh, that's sort of my you know favorable thinking on the matter. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, and uh, I'm going to air my cynical thoughts about it, uh, and uh, I think I told you this before, I'm very, very cautious about public-private um, operations. 
uh, I believe that the uh, impulses that drive uh, capitalists are far different from the impulses that drive people who are supposed to be looking uh, government officials that, that are supposed to be driving government officials. Government officials, this is me speaking, government officials are supposed to be looking out for the benefit of the public a common benefit, okay, a public good, whereas uh, capitalists are looking out for themselves. And, you know, um, I quote Milt Freeman a lot, uh, the, uh, the, um, the economist uh, who be- believes supposedly in a free market, which of course there are no things in free market, is saying, uh, you know, capitalists owe nothing to any, nobody but the, st- the shareholders. And that was his famous remark, like, you know, we're not in this, to find a cure for cancer. We're not in this to get poor people uh, a, a sustainable living. We're not in this for anything other than to make money. So I was really suspicious. Uh, I got to tell you, when I began to hear about Sam Bankman-Fried uh, and his philosophy of using his wealth to uh, promote good, I got to tell you, Manny, <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't know about this. It seems like this is part of a con game, too. Do you think I'm too cynical and jaded for my own good, Manny? No, not at all, especially when it comes to, to SBF. I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think SBF, um, yeah, I, I think it was all just a front uh, to make as much money as he could, um, personally speaking. But, yeah, I, I don't think you're cynical at all too much. Uh, and by the way, SBF is is the acronym for uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. There are stories emerging that his his parents, uh, I don't know if you've seen these articles, were were dragged into it, uh, and they may have been fooled as uh, as much as everybody else. There's some kind of parallels to the Bernie Madoff scandal uh, from a I forget how many years ago that was where his uh, family members were completely oblivious, or they claimed they were completely oblivious. They were drawn into it as well. Um, so he may have conned his own parents. This story is still unfolding uh, as we uh, speak. So what are the consequences uh, for the group that uh, was supposedly the beneficiary of this million-dollar grant? So they're pretty much, uh, the program was halted. Uh, They were supposed to launch or at least start training in in mid-November, but at this moment, they're trying to find supplemental funding uh, to to kick the kick it back up uh, and get it get it off the ground. Basically, uh, most of the people were already selected uh, to to start it, um, and unfortunately, you know, they they had to just stop and and and, and search for 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 more funding. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say something, and this is kind of how I view the world, uh, Manny. I I think a financial literacy training is absolutely a great idea. Um, I was a beneficiary. I went to a proud graduate of Evanston Township High School way, way, way back before you were born. And we had something called business law. And they told us the difference between a stock and a bond, Manny. They told us like the different kinds of life insurance you could get. I mean, it's like 101 of the basics of the basics. But in so many ways, like what I learned in business law is like typing. The two class. <laughs> The two classes at Evanston High School that helped me the most in my life. Do you follow what I'm saying? So I believe that you should have uh, essential basic um, uh, financial literacy training. I just don't know why it's not as a routine taught in the Chicago public schools by qualified teachers who are there to teach you, uh, you know, just 
the basics that you need to get through in life. I would much rather have my tax dollars go for that. Well, I could do a whole list of the things that my tax dollars go to that I would. But do you follow what I'm saying there? Like, I believe in the, the, the concept. Go ahead. No, and I and I do too, right? I, I do believe in it, but I think I think it's also problematic in a lot of ways um, because the, there's the assumption um, that poor people don't know how to manage their money, uh, when in reality they know how to manage their money a lot better because they have to, you know, scrape for for how they're going to feed themselves or their family. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it, and especially is funny considering. Um, that uh, SBF and, and the leaders within FTX right now are sort of painting themselves as, um, you know, folks who were in over their heads, were dealing with too much money, didn't know how to manage themselves and sort of lost track with everything. Um, you know, and, and, and I think it was today they were talking about, or was it yesterday uh, during the SEC hearing, uh, they were talking about how they were just using QuickBooks to manage a billion, multi-billion dollar company. Uh, which is something they probably shouldn't be using, right? So it's like this company uh, who has billions and billions of dollars um, sort of promoting financial literacy to people who are just simply unequipped with money. Um, it, it, it's, there's something funny with that, I think. Uh, the last time you were on the show, Manny, uh, just popped into my mind. I was like, when I said you put on this, I think this is your third time on the show. I remember the first time uh, you talked about your grandfather, uh, but I'm like, but by the way, by, ladies and gentlemen, that's a classic episode. I urge everybody to check out that first uh, episode with Manny. I think it's almost a year old. Um, but the second time, I'm like, I was like, I know he was on a second time. I know he's on a second time. And then it hit me. You were on, and we talked about drag racers, spinners, and that community that you had sort of uh, found yourself into. Uh, and um, along with the Sun-Times photographer, and you did a great Sunday feature, great pictures, quotes. Uh, these were the the people who were, I guess they were in their 20s, late teens, uh, who congregated in Chicago and did drag racing and speed racing, and the city was up in arms. I'm just follow me where I'm going on this, Manny. I think I can, I, I'm going someplace. Just follow me on this. And so, like, you, and everybody was up. Aldermen were denouncing them. You know, uh, the mayor was denouncing them. They were uh, incorrigible. They were destructive. We have to crack down. Lawlessness in our streets of Chicago, okay? Uh, and you talked about just, like, the whole community there and, uh, well, you know, in, in your interviews with them, et cetera. And then I look at uh, FTX. Welcome to Chicago, FTX. Uh, press releases heralding them, thanking them, genuflecting before them. <laughs> the whole thing's a freaking scam. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I don't see any alderman out in arms, outrage. Let's crack down on FTX. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, very. It's true. like, you know what I'm. It's kind of like just sort of sums up life in Chicago to a certain degree. Talk a little bit about covering one community. Uh, you know, the spinners, uh, not the okay oldsters out there not the old the great group from the 70s but that's what they call the drag racers spinners uh and then dealing with sort of the cowboy attitudes of people like uh sam bankman free yeah i think I, I don't i don't know right like i i, I think they're so dealing with uh, or, or working on a story about the the drag racers and the drifters um 
was very like in your face, you know, and it just, and it just felt like, you know, the FTX and crypto has been running on background now uh, for almost 10 years or or probably longer than that, right? Like it's something that's there, um, but no one really understands it unless like you're really into it. Um, and, and it's just, it's just that one thing that, that people can't really fully grasp. Like, why is, um, this token, uh, worth so much and, and why is it value so high and, and how do you exchange it and trade it? Um, so I, I think that's sort of the two dynamics there with, with the drifters, they're in your face, they're waking you up at night. Uh, they're, they're constantly being complained about, um, you know, it's, it's illegal in your face where crypto seems to be more. The illegal, if there is illegal activity, it is happening much quieter and, and more under the radar. I don't know. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. Uh, although there's uh, the impulse of a lot of people to get wealthy regarding you know, whether or not they break the rules kind of reminds me of, uh, in some ways, the impulse of people who just want to go as fast as they can in a car, whether it breaks the rules. You know, it's like well, the laws don't matter. I, I know what I want to do. And one guy, he just wants to speed and race uh, and maybe live on the edge and come close to killing himself or other people. And the other guy wants to make as much money as he can and as fast as he can make it so he could just throw it around and, and just show the world like how powerful he is because, you know, there's power from wealth. So I, I, I kind of see some similarities uh, in my head uh, about this. I'm thinking of that Leo DiCaprio movie, that great Leo, the, the Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know if you ever saw that. Um, now, Bankman Freed w- was cut from a different cloth because it, it wasn't like he was, he was the opposite. Like the way he dresses, he dresses down. I mean, he makes me look well-dressed the way, you know. <laughs> and uh, so he didn't really like flaunt his wealth. Uh, it's He, he, He's, what he did, as you pointed out, was set up this um, what this philosophy of giving. Yeah, and sort of gave it cover. And, and I, I do want to say though, I, I think, I I think the way he presented himself gave off that sort of like that tech bro feel. You know, when we're talking about all of these like tech giants who have, you know, Steve Jobs had his turtleneck and his like you know washed denim. Uh, you know, and. I think that sort of like played an effect with like, okay, like look at this new genius here. Let's all get behind him, right? Like there's stories of him going into a, a billion dollar meeting uh, while playing a video game. And the fact that he did that, he got the billion dollars, right? Or he got, a, he got an exorbitant amount of money from it. Uh, so I think it definitely, he was definitely leaning into that sort of appearance in my perception um, to really funnel and, and you know, you know, persuade folks that he is just one of these, you know, all-time great uh, leading tech bro geniuses kind of guy. He must be a genius because he's playing a video game when he comes into a meeting right. with hedge fund guys or investors. They, oh, he must be a brilliant a genius. Too bad the uh, drag racers didn't think of that. They could have gotten public. They could have gotten funding for their drag racing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, great story. I urge everybody uh, to, to find it. Manny Ramos on the internet. Uh, all right, before we go... You had another great scoop. You're on a roll. And uh, this had to do with the Obama Center, the presidential center uh, in Jackson Park. Not so much the center itself, but the uh, gentrification kind of cut from the same cloth uh, as uh, the FTX story. This city 
loves. This is me talking, not Manny. This city loves wealth. Like when money, it's a sign of Chicago is strong, Chicago is growing, Chicago is thriving. Uh, if wealthy people or wealthy institutions or wealthy uh, firms are buying in uh, to neighborhoods, gentrifying those neighborhoods, it's a sign of growth and economic development. I've always struggled with this my entire career, Manny, because I'm trying to promote a sense of stability in Chicago without displacing everybody who lives here. And it seems like I'm swimming against the tide because the prevailing wisdom is we're better off if we just move everybody out and replace it with well-to-do people. Um, this is kind of the background, the, the uh, uh, behind the story you did about what's going on in the uh, neighborhoods surrounding or near the uh, Obama Center in Jackson Park on the south side. Go into some details of what you uncovered. Yeah, so um, I was able to get some data from Redfin, who tracks uh, basically uh, where investors are buying uh, homes throughout the entire country. Uh, so when we talk about homes or when Redfin talks about homes, you're talking about uh, single family, townhomes, condos, and up to four flats. So, you know, like just your regular homes, these aren't large multi-complexes or things like that. Um, and what the data showed when we focused it just in the Chicago area by zip code, um, it showed that investors are really flocking to neighborhoods uh, surrounding the Obama Presidential Center. So when we talk about Woodlawn, South Shore, uh, and even as far west as Inglewood is being impacted by this. Um, now, whether or not there's some debate whether or not uh, it, it is a presidential center or if it's just following trend, um, which is across the country, that investors are buying more of these homes in predominantly black neighborhoods, um, which has a lot of credence to it as well. Um, and when we talk specifically um, South Shore, um, which is it's you know the next closest neighborhood to the center that doesn't have a lot of the uh, agreements that Woodlawn was able to obtain, um, you know uh, investors were purchasing up at, uh, about nearly a third of all homes for sale. Um, that's significantly higher than it was in 2015, um, nearly double in 2015 when the uh, prior to the announcement of where uh, it was going to be held, which is Jackson Park. Um, and, and completely just uh, severely more than that uh, in 2005. Um, so this is a trend that's just been happening since the, the start of the pandemic. Um, and really, it, it, it lends credence to what a lot of folks in South Shore have been um, concerned about, uh, which is being pushed out uh, because of development around uh, Jackson Park and the Obama Presidential Center. Now, these, uh, these purchases, are they, um, as far as you could tell, investment purchases where the people who buy the property are not themselves living there, uh, or are they actually living there? Go ahead. Yeah, so it's, it's hard to say uh, because the way that Redfin has categorized the data is anyone is an investor who purchases the property uh, under an LLC, a corporation, a trust of that name. So it's not just like a regular person, like, you know, with my name on the deed or something like that. Uh, so it can be anyone as sort of like a, a small, you know, uh, investor, or it can be one of these large corporate investors that, uh, you know, like an equity, a private equity firm or a hedge fund or something like that. Um, so, so there are some limitations to the data. Uh, to, so we couldn't really narrow down on like who was actually, who are these investors? Not yet anyways. Um, uh, so there, so that's that. Did the data show that uh, home prices are increasing? Did the data reveal that? Yeah. I mean, if you can, you can look, at multiple data sets uh, that are simply available on any any realty site, any any anywhere, pretty much that tracks housing information. 
Uh, rent has been going up uh, tremendously and throughout the city, not just in these neighborhoods. Um, but in a neighborhood like South Shore, where evictions are already the number one, uh, in South Shore has faced the most evictions uh, year over year for the last like nearly 10 years. Uh, and, and this really has put these, these, these residents even more vulnerable for, for being evicted once investors comes in. There's been a, a long history of investors uh, you know, raising rent, um, uh, charging erroneous fees uh, uh, to even get an apartment. Uh, so those things, there are definitely those added barriers that come along with this. And uh, when home values uh, rise in part because of speculative real estate ventures, uh, what that also does, uh, this is one-on-one of how our property tax system works, is it uh, raises uh, property taxes. And that's a huge force uh, in uh, propelling people to giving them no choice but to leave the city of Chicago, man, you know this, uh, because they can't afford to pay their taxes, to quote Marvin Gaye. And, um, or to paraphrase uh, Marvin Gaye, I really believe, uh, this is a subject for another time, that we should move to an acquisition-based form of assessment so that the property is based, your assessment is based on what you personally paid for it. So if you lived in, moved, bought your property in South Shore in 1980, for I'm just making it up $10,000 and some rich guy bought the house across the street for a million dollars, you're still paying an assessment on $10,000. You're protected from speculation. But in the city of Chicago, we go in the other direction. Uh, and, you know, property so. taxes have already been on the rise and it's, it's already a concern for a lot of people uh, that are on fixed incomes. Like I, I spoke with a woman, uh, Linda Jennings, who, uh, you know, has lived in South shore, uh, for a, a lot of time. Her family was one of the first families to integrate in South shore. Um, and you know, she's been at her current condo for, I think nearly two decades or almost two decades. Um, and she talked about how, you know, she's worried about her property tax increasing. She's getting calls almost every day, uh, with investors wanting to buy her condo. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not just a matter of like young people not being able to live in the neighborhood that they called home their whole life, but it's also affecting, you know, the elderly who've called home uh, and, and, and will they be pushed out and are they going to become housing insecure? Uh, so, so there's those factors, too, like you mentioned with property taxes. Yeah. All right, Manny, I appreciate you taking the time uh, uh, to talk to me uh, and you've been really doing some outstanding work. Uh, why don't you uh, tell our listeners uh, where they can go uh, to track your next articles and they can keep up on the good work that you're doing. Yeah, so you can follow along on the, or you can go to IllinoisAnswers.org. Uh, that's the new journalism arm of the Better Government Association. Uh, we're looking to ramp, uh, ramp up our, our solution-style journalism um, as well as do many more great things. You can follow along at Illinois Answers on Twitter. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at underscore uh, Manuel Ramos underscore. Got it. All right, Manny, thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. Uh, that's Manny Ramos. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. 